0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good
1: evening, and thanks for joining us. Beginning once again with the latest on the worldwide outbreak of the COVID 19 coronavirus.
2: Tonight, more countries are reporting new cases. Consumers are feeling the need to stock up on supplies. And Washington State has become ground zero for the worst North American outbreak. Our extensive coverage tonight begins with Aaron MacArthur. The numbers are
3: climbing. South Korea, Italy, Iran, all with hundreds more cases and dozens more deaths. More concerning for B.C., five new deaths confirmed just across the border in Washington state, bringing the total there to six.
4: It will be very important for everyone to understand that we're going to see a lot of sick people. And we're going to have a tremendous challenge on our health care system. And we're not going to be continuing to try and focus on every case in that case is contacts.
3: The WHO says globally, COVID-19 remains a disease that health authorities can get a handle on. Containment still the priority.
5: We are still hopeful that containment is
3: the right first strategy. But clearly, containment with the purpose of slowing down the virus. Most countries that have cases still have fewer than 100. The U.S. with 99 confirmed. Canada with 27 new cases. Three new cases have popped up in Ontario. Uh, we're being
4: vigilant uh, because we don't have in, in a vaccine.
3: <laughs> BC's health minister says nothing has changed despite the proximity of the latest deaths.
6: But We really need people to do. And again, it sounds, uh, it sounds like we're repeating ourselves is wash our hands, is stay home when you're sick, stay home from work,
3: stay home from school. Travel restrictions have been imposed on all the hotspots for COVID-19. Schools have been closed, most recently in Japan. But it appears the virus will spread beyond those regions. Right now, it looks like a majority of people infected are recovering. The concern remains highest for those with underlying health issues. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
1: Now, while government and health officials are reassuring people there is no need to stockpile food and other supplies, it looks like a lot of people aren't taking any chances. As John Hua reports, a growing number of stores are reporting runs on specific products, everything from pasta and rice to toilet paper.
7: If a federal health minister recommends it,
8: really about first of all uh, making sure that you do have enough supplies if someone in your family becomes ill if you yourself become ill
7: they will come a surge of stockpilers rushing to stores in desperate search of food and house supplies countless shelves left bare All because of the COVID-19 scare.
6: Some of the stuff that I wanted to get uh, was actually sold out of Costco already and and there was people kind of pushing their way through to get stuff like toilet paper is pretty much gone.
7: Rich Gablehouse says whether it's an earthquake
6: or a coronavirus, it never hurts to be prepared. We have uh, uh, five kids under the age of nine. And so when you see stuff going all, all over the place, you don't really know what you really should do.
7: At this Burnaby Super Value, staff know the rush is coming. The hard part... Is trying to get in the extra stock.
6: Well, the little guys like
5: us, you know, sometimes uh, we we might get we might get uh, shorted based on on the fact that it always goes uh, to the big guys first.
7: While customers scramble to get items like soup, pasta, and toilet paper, health authorities in British Columbia say there's no need for madness at the local
9: supermarket.
3: I don't think we're at that stage yet. What we need to do. Uh, is to contain.
9: No, I don't think we need to rush out and stockpile and hoard things. We're not at that point, and we wouldn't expect that, even with a pandemic.
7: There's nothing wrong with having an emergency preparedness kit and basic supplies. But even under quarantine, people are not cut off from the outside world.
4: Order it online and actually get it delivered to your home, to your front door. And then uh, when they leave it at your front door, you can just pick it up and there'd be no interaction at that point.
7: Well, antibacterial wipes, hand sanitizer and N95 masks are still flying off the shelves. For most items, there's currently no need to rush to the cashier line. John Hua, Global News.
2: The concerns and uncertainty over the worldwide spread of the coronavirus has cost the Vancouver Convention Center some big business. Organizers with the Asia-Pacific Association for International Education have postponed its conference set to begin later this month. That conference instead delayed until next year. More than 2,500 people were scheduled to attend. The local tourism industry appears to be taking a big hit from COVID-19, but tourism companies and travel agencies are getting creative to attract more visitors and locals. Brad McLeod reports.
4: Great. The annual Greater Victoria Flower Count, a passive-aggressive tradition to poke fun at everyone who isn't lucky enough to live here. This is our... Very cheerful and happy way to give them a little poke and say, don't you wish you were visiting Victoria right now. But tourism in many places around the world is anything but rosy, like usually bustling northern Italy.
7: It's not been fun. Uh, I've been in the industry for three decades now, and this is the worst crisis since 9-11. sure it will be all fine by the time you am
1: ready to travel.
4: And this travel agency has been busy, counseling their clients it's
1: a very unique time for us and i think it's the time for us to really prove our value but amid
4: covid concerns she has noticed her suppliers are getting creative one cruise now offering cancellation insurance after purchase something that usually never
1: happens and that will allow you to change the date of your trip right up to 25 hours prior to sailing
4: Cruise ship stocks have taken a hit since COVID-19, but places like Victoria may see a boost because of it. That's because at least one ship has left the Asia market early and is starting the Alaska cruise ship route in April.
3: So we have redeployed the funds that we would use to promote in China into local marketing. 75% of our business comes from Washington State, BC, Alberta, California, and Toronto.
4: COVID-19 concerns plastered all over Destination BC's website. But they didn't want to talk about it, directing us instead to the Ministry of Health. But there is clearly an effect. This Wednesday, the Tourism Industry Association of BC is hosting a town hall in Victoria, where Destination BC will talk about the anticipated consequences COVID-19 will have on BC's visitor economy. The flower count starts Wednesday and goes all week. Hopefully, drawing more tourists, not just their disdain. Brad McLeod, Global News, Victoria.
1: Construction crews are back at work on the Coastal gas link pipeline project where it crosses Wet'suwet'en territory near Houston, B.C.
2: The resumption of work comes a day after Wet'suwet'en hereditary chiefs reached a draft deal with the provincial and federal governments. Global Sarah McDonald has been covering the story for us. Obviously, fruitful negotiations, Sarah. That deal, if ratified, though, doesn't address the pipeline project that's sparking unrest across the country.
10: Chris, that's right. That draft deal, if finalized, would be strictly forward-looking, but still could have major implications for this province and the country. With work and RCMP patrols now resuming on the indigenous land at the epicenter of national dialogue on rights and title.
0: The respect has to has to go right from top to bottom and throughout the country.
10: It remains to be seen what impact, if any, a potentially precedent-setting draft agreement reached between government officials and one faction of leadership of Wet'suwet'en nation could have on unrest persisting across the country. If I stand where I want, I'm in Because these talks were about much more than just a solitary polarized pipeline and more than two decades in the making.
8: It is building on the Supreme Court decision. It is, uh, it is about rights and title.
10: A continuation of negotiations called for in a landmark Supreme Court ruling. That Aboriginal title is alive and well and living
11: in the territories of first in this province of British Columbia.
0: Telgamuk 1997 has been sitting there for the past 23 years or so. We are just picking it up.
10: But leaving lingering ambiguity, never settled through litigation.
0: It's going to be on the governments to educate the non-Woozowiton.
3: We still have a country called Canada. It's okay. But things are going to be changed as to how they're done.
10: If it is finalized, that agreement could have major implications for companies looking for access to indigenous land and resources. But it's not retroactive. And it won't directly impact the lucrative project, dividing this powerful nation.
5: The project is being built, it's fully permitted, and it will proceed.
10: This natural gas pipeline, backed by government and band councils, and many Wet'suwet'en people.
0: People just want to work, our community wants to work, and I think the benefits are going to be
10: really important to our people. Who now hold the power when it comes to signing on the dotted line. The nation's clans will now review the details of that draft deal in the coming days and weeks before coming to a consensus on it. The Premier and the Prime Minister are said to be willing and ready to sign it if and when the Wet'suwet'en people are.
2: Chris. All right, Sarah, thank you.
1: Okay, let's bring in Keith Baldry now for more on what happens when it comes to the blockades. And Keith, what are we hearing from the government on that?
5: I think basically the message from Scott uh, Fraser, the indigenous relations minister today, is basically pleading with protesters to stand down, give them credit the fact that talks actually had taken place. It was a historic meeting. Uh, But again, it's an indication the government really doesn't have a lot of levers to to move here or buttons to press to end these protests. So here's Scott Fraser again with a message to protesters.
12: That space that we had this weekend was important. I, I asked people who are protesting that care about rights and title, uh, the Wet'suwet'en people, to give us time and space to address those things because we have the opportunity now, I, a historic opportunity to address those. Those are the key uh, root causes of uh, the failure of government, governments to recognize and address rights and title issues for the Wet'suwet'en. The, that's the root cause of the situation we find ourselves in.
1: Right now, though, the NDP government is making another big change tonight, hoping to bring ICBC premiums down.
2: The attorney general tabling new legislation that will bar government from raiding the insurance corporation's profits to spend elsewhere. Richard Zissman reports.
12: It's a trend reduced to a punchline. In my experience, ICBC
13: is a (laughs) not-for-profit.
12: After two years of billion-dollar losses at ICBC, the NDP moving to settle political battles of the past. Attorney General David Eby announcing plans to stop governments from being allowed to take profits, if there are any, from ICBC's optional side to be used elsewhere.
13: I believe we need to do all we can to prevent future government from diverting surpluses away from ICBC. The previous government treated ICBC like an ATM.
12: The BC Liberals, while in power, used ICBC, as EB says it, as an ATM withdrawing $576 million in the 2009-10 fiscal year, $101 million the next year, $237 million in 2013-14, and around $140 million in each of the next two years, a total of $1.2 billion. But the Liberals say this is nothing more than a game. To think that a little bit of optional money is actually going to save ICBC is just a tall tale. This is a complete distraction at BC Liberal MLA Jazz Joe Hall says when ICBC is financially healthy, it helps all British Columbians. Governments of all stripes have taken uh, money out of ICBC on the optional side to pay for other services that government provides, health care, education, transportation. But one former bureaucrat says banning the practice is good policy and should go further meaning ICBC stops current programs at funds, including licensing, senior discounts, and intersection and speed cameras.
0: The Attorney General's serious about uh, relieving the policyholders uh, of this burden. They should have a look at these existing uh, subsidies.
12: Subsidies that if all wiped out would save the public insurer $250 million a year. But it's a step that no matter how hard the dumpster fire burns, Seems one too far for any government. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
1: Well, ferry passengers have been calling for it for years, and finally, BC Ferries is adding debit payments at its
2: terminals. The corporation is installing tap and pay capability at vehicle toll booths and for foot passengers, starting with the smaller terminals first. The system is expected to be fully in place by the end of the spring. The Ferry Corporation says the long delay in rolling out the technology was to ensure the availability of the faster tap payments for amounts up to $100. Debit payments have been accepted on board the ferries since late 2018. It was a cold night for three groups of snowmobilers in the backcountry near Whistler.
1: When bad weather rolled in Sunday afternoon, they found themselves trapped near Brandywine Mountain, decided to hunker down and wait for conditions to improve. Catherine Urquhart has more. Well here in
14: Whistler it was a very cold and wet night for nine snowmobilers who were forced to spend the night outdoors. The sledders headed out on Sunday and weather quickly turned leading to zero visibility and they had to hunker down for the night. Now worried friends and family contacted police but conditions were so poor that they prevented a search and rescue effort then late today good news the sledders found their way out so how did you spend your night uh
5: with a big fire under a bunch of trees and the wind howled it didn't stop all night long it was just one of those things that started out a beautiful sunny day
15: and it went to out conditions like that you can't, can't see you're gonna hurt yourself you? yeah keep going but, uh, We got out with our GPS on our phone, so that worked.
14: At least one of the sledders had a satellite tracker system, but not all of them were equipped with GPS units, something that can be life-saving in this type of situation. But again, good news, all nine sledders tonight are safe.
1: Katherine Urquhart, Global News, Whistler. That is a relief to hear. Mm -hmm. Well, now that Surrey has been given the green light for its own municipal police force, one big question is where will the 1,000-plus officers and staff come from?
2: Well, it is likely part of the force will be current members of the RCMP who choose to stay in Surrey. The process of recruitment and relocation could add tens of millions of dollars to the cost of setting up the new force.
0: practice without real bullets, or a real shooting range for that matter. This simulator is part of BC's newest police training centre for five separate municipal police forces. The possibilities are endless. With local video inserted, officers can train on things like a local theatre complex, or the Alex Fraser Bridge, Canada Line, BC Ferries, you name it.
3: We can do different people, different scenarios, with instant feedback, uh, a lot of them in a short period of time.
0: I understand this is where you've been living, sir, but... But what it cannot simulate is what municipal police forces and their staffing levels will be like once Surrey ditches the RCMP.
13: For the Delta Police Department, we have approximately 200 officers, and and for us, to lose 20 or 30 officers is significant. So we have a commitment to our community to maintain service levels.
0: There are 842 officers with the RCMP in Surrey, about 300 more support staff. The transition to a municipal police force could cost millions, just in the cost of moving members and their families. I,
15: I can't answer that question. We haven't got into um, moving costs
0: as such. The RCMP reports that its relocation costs for its members are hefty, approximately 30 dollars to $33,000 for each member. So moving all of Surrey's current membership would cost about $25 million. And if half the force decides to join the new municipal force. Somebody will still be on the hook for about 12 and twelve and a half million dollars. At this point in time, there's been no
13: agreements in place. There's there's no guarantees that's going to happen. So we're preparing for loss of officers, and we don't really know how many at this time.
5: She's going to trap his wrist with the with the monkey grip. She's
0: Part of the training here today involves learning ways to extricate oneself from a vulnerable situation. The same could be said for recruiting departments as they grapple with a sudden change in staffing. Two Ted Cherniak, Global two News. Two news. Control. So- Tonight, another timely
2: warning from the Better Business Bureau about the top scams and fraud attempts.
1: Tonight, the BBB reveals which scams pose the greatest risk and the highest losses. Our Consumer Matters reporter, Ann is here with more. Now,
8: unfortunately, the scams, they never end, mm-hmm. so... No. They- Thanks for that. The Better Business Bureau has tracked scams that pose the highest risk to consumers based on exposure, the percentage of people who fell for the scam, and the amount of money they lost. Topping the list of riskiest scams in Canada for 2019 were travel, vacation, and timeshare scams. That includes booking online travel. More than 62% of victims lost money when they came across this scam, each victim losing about $5,000 on average. The second riskiest scam was the advance fee loan scam with an average loss of $1,500 per person. In Canada and the U.S., it's illegal for companies doing business by phone to promise a loan and ask for a payment before they deliver. The BBB says romance scams and cryptocurrency scams were the third and fourth riskiest scams with a median dollar loss of $4,000 and about $3,600 respectively per person. Taking the fifth spot were employment scams where the average loss was $1,500 per person.
7: The takeaway is do your research, ask questions. If you're uncertain about an investment opportunity, about an item you want to purchase, about a business you may be doing a transaction with, ask BBB, ask a friend, ask a neighbor. And that second opinion is usually a very good way to just get that final feedback before you decide to make that big
8: step and end up. Meantime, the most common scams in Canada were online purchase scams with close to 86% of people losing money. Online scams are especially popular on social media sites. Again, your best defense is to slow down and never rush to take action online. It's often helpful to check with the Better Business Bureau to see if any complaints have been filed against that particular business. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can email me at consumermatters@globalnews.ca. All
1: right. Thanks, Anne.
2: And on the topic of taking care of your hard-earned money, a new survey confirms that many British Columbians are in fact living beyond their means, and they know it.
1: That's according to an Ipsos survey conducted for Insolvency Trustees MNP Limited. The survey found half of British Columbians admit to engaging in risky financial behavior over the past year. One in five say they made only the minimum monthly payments on their credit card, while 10% admit they spent money they know they shouldn't have in order to keep up with the Joneses. 13% of those surveyed say they're worried they will never be debt-free.
2: Two people walked away from yet another emergency landing of a small plane, this one in Arizona. The aircraft owned by a flight training school. And after the pilot flew around to burn off fuel, he set it down perfectly. With emergency crews on scene, two people on board climbed out and walked away. There's no word if it was the instructor or student at the controls.
1: In the race for the Democratic presidential nomination, it's the boost Joe Biden needed heading into tomorrow's crucial Super Tuesday primaries.
3: That I'm delighted to endorse and support Joe Biden for president.
2: <laughs> Former candidate Pete Buttigieg formally announcing his endorsement of Joe Biden for the White House there.
3: brings back.
1: Now, another frontrunner, Amy Klobuchar, also dropping out of the race and expected to give Biden her blessing as well.
2: The latest political maneuvering making it pretty clear who the Democratic establishment is backing ahead into tomorrow.
13: Less than 24 hours from a critical Super Tuesday, Joe Biden getting a big boost. Biden looking for a two person race against frontrunner Bernie Sanders. Today, talking with NBC's Mike Memoli.
15: I think that the choice is between revolution and results how many bills has he actually ever
5: gotten through the united states congress in all the years he's been there
13: klobuchar ending her
5: campaign today
13: after Buttigieg's decision to drop out over the weekend and all of it coming after biden's blowout victory in south carolina his first ever presidential primary win
15: thank you thank you thank you south carolina
13: many moderate democrats trying to stop sanders are now looking to clear the field for biden Tonight, poll show Sanders leading in Super Tuesday's biggest prize, Delegate Rich California. Sanders saying he's the most electable.
2: Joe Biden voted for the war in Iraq. Joe Biden voted for terrible trade agreements like NAFTA and PNTR with China. My point is to ask you all, what campaign is going to defeat Donald Trump?
13: Meantime, Michael Bloomberg, who will appear on ballots for the first time tomorrow, is vowing to stay in the race, saying this about Klobuchar and Buttigieg's decision to step
0: aside. I thought both of them uh, behaved themselves, is a nice way to phrase it, but they represented their country and their states very well. And I felt sorry for them, but uh, I'm in it to win it. Jack
1: Welch, a railroad conductor's son who became chairman and CEO of General Electric, has died. Born in 1935 to a working-class family in Massachusetts, Welch started at GE as a chemical engineer, rising through the ranks to eventually run the company and become a management guru. Welch led GE for two decades, growing its market value from $12 billion to $410 billion. His death was announced today by his wife. Susie Welch. He was 84 years old.
2: In health matters now, could a made-in-B.C. vaccine for COVID-19 be on its way? A team of researchers at the University of British Columbia are working on just that.
1: There are dozens of other groups around the world working on a vaccine, but as Linda Ellsworth reports, there's something different about the vaccine that's being made at UBC.
16: As many as 100 labs around the world are working on a vaccine for COVID-19. Among them, UBC's Michael Smith Laboratories in Vancouver.
6: It's an international uh, emergency, right? And so scientists are actually willing to drop what they're doing in order to actually uh, help out.
16: Times have changed since whole viruses were used to make vaccines that stimulated immunity. They were effective, but not always safe.
6: Modern vaccinologists are using only components of the virus to immunize uh, uh, populations and get the same protective response.
16: Professor Jeffrey's lab is also using just a small part of the virus's DNA to create a vaccine. But they have a special ingredient that sets their vaccine apart from all the others.
6: Our approach is to add a particular type of tag that uh, that sort of screams to the immune system that this is a, a foreign invader.
16: Not only should it significantly enhance the immune system's ability to fight off the virus, it'll help with the problem of supplying enough vaccine in a timely manner, because his vaccine will be high performance.
6: One dose of a high-performance vaccine may be uh, useful in vaccinating 10 or 100 people.
16: Which means they don't have to make as much of it.
6: And that will be, uh, allow us to immunize a larger population with the existing supplies of the vaccine that we are creating.
16: Yes. They hope their high-performance vaccine will be ready to go to the National Microbiology Lab in Winnipeg for animal testing in the next three to four months. If all goes well, it'll move on to human trials. In total, it could be available to the public in two years.
6: In reality, I don't know if it'll be the fastest vaccine to be developed, but it may be the most uh, effective vaccine, and that's um, what my hope is. Linda Aylesworth, Global News.
1: It's become party central and an instant tourist attraction. After the forecast, an update on the Leaning Tower of Dallas.
2: What a landmark mm-hmm. for the old town I once called home. All right, let's check in with Yvonne Shell, who's got... Uh I'll look outside. It seems like it's been raining an awful lot today.
9: Yeah, soggy start to the week. There is a nice bright spot on our long-range forecast, and I'll show you that in just a moment. We are still looking at a wave of rain this evening. It'll taper off, especially as we approach the midnight hour, and it is going to be a nice dry start to Tuesday morning, and I'll have more on what we can anticipate by the afternoon. We're sitting at 6 degrees with an easterly wind at 17 kilometers per hour. Here's what we are seeing, so there's the wave in behind it. Even approaching 10 or 11 o'clock tonight, it should ease off. It'll be cloud cover out there, a bit of a break in between systems, and then the next system is going to push in. And this weather maker is bringing rain across the coast. If you're traveling along the mountain passes, an ice break is on the way for tomorrow as well. So by tomorrow morning, we are going to see drier conditions. It's by the afternoon. It picks up once again, heavy at times, very windy, close for areas that are closer to the water, higher elevations, and most spots across the central interior will be seeing snowfall for tomorrow. The mountain passes this evening, a quick glance at what it looks like. It is going to intensify. Do check in with drivebc.ca before you head out for the latest road conditions. And here's a current shot of the Pine Pass. But we do have a snowfall warning for the Pine Pass with 10 and up to 15 centimetres. Similar for the Rogers Pass. The Coke could see 5 and up to 10 in most areas for the Connector and Allison Pass. Snowfall this evening and then tapering off with just a few isolated flurries by tomorrow morning. The northern half of the province, wet and windy gusts tomorrow, potentially up to 40 kilometres per hour. Lots of instability inland. The after Afternoon with even the risk of a thunderstorm across the central interior, risk of a thunderstorm tomorrow afternoon and the potential to see ice pellets. The Thompson Okanagan, the southern half of the province, breaks with a partly cloudy sky. Whistler will start off with a few flurries changing over to showers with temperatures up to 5. Dry start to the morning, but we are going to see the rain moving in close to lunch hour and then after school, it'll be wet tomorrow so grab the umbrella. The break that we're seeing is on Wednesday, so fantastic with a partly cloudy sky and then the next round of rain will be on our Thursday. Tonight Central Windows Weather Window, a beautiful shot taken in Wells BC and this was captured by Pat. Guys, oh. Get rid of that snow on the roof. (laughs) That's
2: quite the Mm snowpack there. All right, thank you.
9: Well, all
1: good things, especially those that start with bad things, must come to an end. Remember this?
2: Yes, this is the implosion of a building in Dallas where the elevator core refused to come down, creating what became known as the Leaning Tower of Dallas, an instant tourist attraction. And despite that, it couldn't stay. So they brought in the old fashioned wrecking ball to finish it off. It chipped away at the core and finally it came down. The famous Leaning Tower, which had become Party Central in Dallas, now just another (laughs) heap of rubble.
1: It's a weird place for a party.
2: It is, isn't it? Strange. Launched a thousand Instagram posts mm-hmm. from Dallas down there, didn't it? You you live there. What area was that, you know? I did. Uh, it's just outside the central core, and it's oh. going to be a new residential and and uh, commercial complex there. <laughs> Crazy. And, I, I, and they missed the shot of it toppling, as you can probably tell. It's just leaning tower to pile of like rubble. It not
1: it really did it, just they chipped away at it.
2: Yeah, it, there is one. In fact, my old station, WFAA, got it falling, but Nobody else well,
11: you, Yeah, come on. You know these guys. <laughs> you have connections. I know. I know. It's
2: an ABC affiliate, though, and it doesn't work that
11: way. Yeah. I'm sure they do it for you.
2: They do it for yeah, you. Yeah, right. All right, Squires here now. It was a little ugly for the Canucks. Well, last, last night was loss. disturbing. Mm-hmm. That looked like a
11: win for sure, and then, of course, he just unraveled in the last eight minutes. The Toronto game, I could see them losing. They should have gone three and one in this road trip. Not one and three, but okay. That's where we are now. Uh, one of these two things must get better for the Vancouver Canucks. Thatcher Demko's minding or Jacob Markstrom's lower body injury. If neither improves the Canucks playoff chances will begin to drop like Blackberry stock did. As much as we don't want to put it all in the goalies because the other players cannot escape blame when you go one and three in a road trip and blow a lead like last night in Columbus, But you don't have to watch a lot of hockey to know that good goalies equal very good chances of winning, especially in the playoffs. And the way the Canucks play defensively, which isn't all that tight, they put more pressure on their net miners than most teams in the NHL. Here's proof of that. Shots allowed per game on average. Look at the top five teams, or the bottom five teams if you like. The only one really you can say is a playoff team is Vancouver. They're in that group allowing 33.1 shots per game against no matter who's in goal. But let's take take a look at their two main goalies. Markstrom's last 10 starts. Look at his save percentage. 923 and he has faced a lot of rubber. Look at Thatcher Demko's last 10 starts. See the difference in save percentage? That number can't be that low going forward. Not to put it all on Demko, But he's the man now, and he's got to pick it up coming down the stretch. All right, Oilers and Predators. I think the Canucks are hoping for the Preds, even though they're all battling right now. But the Oilers get off to a good start. That's a bad goal. Good for Dreisaitl, not so good for the Predators. 2-0. This is also not a good goal. This is not good goaltending either by Mike Smith. That's Roman Yossi. Two goals in 14 seconds. Tied it for Nashville. Then, Kyler Yamamoto gives the Oilers the lead back, 3-2. Dreisaitl another point, I believe, on this one, but Nashville tied it again, 3-3 after two. Well, the BC Lions introduced all their coaches today, and the CFL commissioner was in town as well. We might still be, what, four months away from Lions football, but this is a big off-season for BC, and I know I have said this before, but the amount of empty seats... At Lions games last year was more disturbing than the way they played, but obviously, the fact they came out of the gate on their face didn't help entice people to go watch them either. Time, time,
5: one and ten on the year. They were one in ten to start the season and five and 13 to end it. 2019, a season to forget for the BC Lions.
15: We had a few bumps, and uh, it's tough on our a 5-13 and 13 record. Uh, this year I think we've made the changes that we believe we had to uh, in the coaching staff and on the field so um, we're very much looking forward to it. How do you look
5: at the task at hand? Obviously winning football sells. You, yeah. This franchise has been on hard times the last few years. We all expected big things last year. It didn't happen. The task at hand obviously is, is to win but how, how monumental is the task here in BC?
15: Um, I, like you said, I think it's about, um, working hard and doing things the right way and then, uh, um, get on the winning side. And that's, uh, I can't tell you I've been in this league a while and I've been a part of many games in BC place where the atmosphere was electric and, you know, we're the visiting team and we can't hear what's going on and stuff. And so I don't see any reason why that can't happen again.
5: It's a fair question to ask if that'll ever happen again. Because the reality is the Lions don't come close to filling the lower Bull at BC Place and haven't for a few years now. Just over 18,000 took in the 2019 home opener, and that's after the club went all in on signing Mike Riley. This season there's a brand new veteran coaching staff and perhaps new ownership on the horizon. But is it enough to make a difference?
0: I know that what David has talked to me about is getting the right group with the right plan uh, and, and then ultimately helping them transition so that they can you know, get this thing up and running. Obviously today's announcement, Rick Campbell coming in, uh, I think this is they, they're doing a lot of the right things that needs to ha- that you need to have happen. Coming out of last year, we were still able to uh,
6: pull together a group of guys that we know that are going to help us continue to build um, our, our team and build the, continue the process of putting together a product that we know that is worthy of our people, our fans' uh, money their attention, you know, their excitement level, and one that we know that's going to be competitive. Oh, did you say
11: that? All right, you heard ownership mentioned in that story by Jay. For a few years now, the Lions have been for sale, although David Brayley's price has been a bit high. Sometimes they say it's over 20 million. There's no way that team's worth over 20 million. And that has chased a lot of potential investors away. But the for sale sign has still not been taken down.
15: I think we, we've talked to a, no, a number of people, different groups, and the, the process has continued. Uh, we haven't been able to bring it across the finish line yet, but there still are uh, a couple groups and uh, a couple individuals interested and uh, it's just difficult to put a time frame on of, of when something might happen.
0: I've been talking to David a lot about this and uh, we've been visiting with each other over the past many weeks several times just talking about uh, David's ambitions for the league, David's ambitions for the BC Lions and, uh, and I know he is genuine and authentic in his desire to see uh, the right ownership group at the right time take the,
15: over the team. You, you know, I'm hopeful that we get something done by the end of the year and go into to have a good year this year. It's always helpful when you have a good a good year on the field to uh, have people feeling good about buying a club.
11: And with concern over COVID-19, the NBA has now told its players if you're interacting with fans, don't high-five, fist pump. If mm-hmm. they give you a pen, mm-mm, don't take the pen to sign anything, just... Well, you're clear.
9: Here's a look at your snow report for tonight. Whistler Blackcomb with one new centimeter grouse, 11 new centimeters Cypress 5 and Sasquatch 10. Eight new centimeters for Manning Park, Fernie with a base of 289 and Kicking Horse 194. Six new centimeters for Big White, one new centimeter for both Silver Star and Sun Peaks, Apex with a base of 298. Two new centimeters for Mount Washington, Whitewater, a base of 290, 17 new centimeters for Powder King. Coming up on ET Canada, the Bachelor franchise has heard the critics and brought back a favorite. Meanwhile, Lady Antebellum previews their tour and Martin Freeman previews his new TV comedy. That's coming up at 7 right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris and Sophie.
2: Cool. Thank you, Sangita. Okay, actors loved him. He was parodied by Will Ferrell Mm -hmm. on Saturday Night Live. And now the former host of Inside the Actors Studio has died at the age of 93.
1: James Lipton became famous for interviewing actors and actresses about their craft, including many Oscar and Emmy winners who shared their secrets with him.
0: What the hell are you doing? Let's just be two guys talking. okay? With a stack of blue
2: note cards and an academic's erudition, James Lipton was an improbable talk show host. But stars by the score came eventually to face the often fawning inquisitor who bored in not with a stiletto but with a butter knife. I
15: don't know the things that I have a gift for except tenaciousness. For Lipton and an audience filled with drama students,
12: probably everybody else here I did one with.
2: (laughs) The actors shed their armor and spilled their secrets, their fears,
0: even their addictions. Which I am, incidentally, who? Me. You're talking as Clay now or as Jack Lemon? No, as Jack no, Lemon. I'm an alcoholic. We, his
2: fans, felt let in on something that behind the actor
0: stood a real person. <gasps> Sorry. What is your favorite word? Honor.
3: Often not so different from
2: the rest of us. Mr. Lipton, thank you. Harry Smith, NBC News.
1: That was a good show.
2: He, he had a way.
1: Mm-hmm.
11: And his, what was his question all the time? What's your favorite curse word? And then it was always blanked out. You
2: couldn't tell what it was.
1: <laughs> I never yeah, knew. yeah, you never knew. Yeah. I would ask you, but we can't say that.
9: No.
2: No. Okay. Fine. Last word from Yvonne before we go.
9: Uh, rain will taper off, but then it picks up. Wednesday game for the afternoon tomorrow, and then a an nice break will be on Wednesday.
2: I like the taper off part of that. Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a good night.
9: Good night, all.